Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock! It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Come on, no! It was where the um, yeah. where it's too hot in the school, or the um, radiators are broken, 
And yeah. if any of those points had happened in school, you've got to go home. But now you're just going to be... Oh, is that, oh, that rumour? When it got to a certain temperature, we were allowed to go home, isn't it? But yeah, I never yeah. seem to have... never <laughs> seem to have it. Well, I had that once oh, in... Bill, no, don't say that. <laughs> I, I had that once when I was working for a Christian Action Housing in, um, in Edmund. I was doing like a summer job and we got sent home because it was like... 37 degrees in the office like people it's weren't like on. <laughs> people were looking at each other with fear in their eyes they thought i think people <laughs> thought they were gonna actually die in an office first time it's ever happened in england it got so hot and just 18 members of the christian action house and just killed over and died he's like that's too much yeah i love the, i love christians i love christians i won't have a word said against them <laughs> Um, I, I haven't done a sound check, but I feel like the banter's flowing, so I'm just gonna just roll with this. Um, this is episode six, I think, sixty-two of the Fighting Cop podcast, and um, we're gonna go into we're gonna talk a bit about the protest on the fifteenth of May that's been scheduled, Billy, because I know you're like a big proponent, you're like proper anti um, Enoch at the moment, and I think a lot of people out there are sort of sympathetic to that position. Um, yeah, mate. I- yeah, mate. Yeah, Go definitely. On. I think. Um, I think. Um, do you know what? I've I've always been sort of. I've never been fully committed to the to the Levy out until um, until this recent season. I think um, no matter what, you know, you can always look at the trophies as a real negative factor in the you know one trophy in twenty years, which is embarrassing. But there was always sort of the, the view that the club was progressing because of you know. Um, we had a, a good young squad. We had a terrific manager. We had a, the stadium coming in. We were in a Champions League final, and since then, it's kind of he's kind of fucked the ending up. He's basically done a line of duty. Uh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. Don't say anymore. Right, no comment. No, com- no spoilers. <laughs> but as soon as you watch it, just remember when you watch it, you'll realise that Daniel Levy has done a line of duty on us. Well, I just, don't, um, I just and- want you to stop talking. I want you to stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and even 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 um even ignoring the stuff on the pitch, which we're we're an embarrassment on the pitch at the moment, the Super League was just the final straw, I think, and that's sort of, I, for me, I don't think there's any return um on that, and I think he's he's totally broken the trust with a lot of a lot of fans, and I think um I think quite a lot of people want to speak their minds against him now. I think he's I think he's sort of irreparable damage has been done from that Super League thing, personally. Okay. All right, no, fair enough. And I, I, we'll, we'll give our, our, our comments in, in, in due course. We'll do it. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the Sheffield United game because um, it, it felt good for to, to watch. Like, like, forget Enoch, forget Daniel Levy, and forget Jose Mourinho, and you can't forget him, really, because part of the reason why it felt so good watching Spurs absolutely slap Sheffield United, and it could have been more than 4-0. Uh, it felt good again. You just, I just sat down. I watched the game of football, and we just the, the handbrake was off, and we're just like, let's see what happens. And you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that that is a a way to navigate an entire season, but when he selected, when Ryan Mason selected Gareth Bale, uh, Harry Kane, and Hummin Son as a front line with Deli Ali in the midfield as well, I was just like, this could go tits up, but I'm ready for it if it does, and it didn't. Rick, what, what did you make of that performance last night? Yeah, I mean, uh, exactly like you said. I mean, there's been like loads of calls to see that front four. And uh, and even if it has happened sometime during the season, it's literally been for a few minutes or whatever. It's not been a sustained 10 game where we've seen them. Um, but, yeah, I, I was ready for it. I, I was feeling a bit like... Um, I know probably uh, Mason knows that this is what we want to see. I think the team themselves want to play more attacking and show their kind of uh, attacking prowess, really, where under Mourinho they've played uh, more defensive and they've had a lot more defensive duties to pick up, um, which some are happy to do, some aren't. But, um, yeah, I, I, again, just like you, I thought like this is even go amazing or like we, we could come unstuck here. But the first 20 minutes, we were kind of like just camped in their half and I was surprised we hadn't scored yet. Um, but Yeah, there, there, were, there uh, were moments where you thought, oh God, that we should have scored that one. They were just like, they were inches, weren't it? It was like Son getting onto one, Kane's ball through, um, the bow having moments where he's just he, his touch wasn't quite there, and we it felt like a little bit sloppy. Not actually sloppy's it, like the, the not the right way to describe it. It was just it just things weren't quite working. It was, and, and, and I was thinking, 
after 20 minutes, oh, fuck, is this, is this going to be one of them I, ones? I, I was kind of, um, I was more on the, that it happened in the 20 minutes and it was real positive from what I'd usually seen, this kind of tepid performance. Whereas we looked like we were up and we were kind of like had them by the throat from the from the get go. So at least if we could see if I could see us knocking on the door within those first twenty minutes, we've still got like seventy minutes to go, man. And I just knew we we would get a breakthrough. Rather, either if it was going to be a close game, it would be you know we have better players and that that class will tell. Mm. Um, I, I just thought we'd get it, but um, you know. No disrespect to Sheffield United, but uh, fuck them! All they disrespect. Were, they, all disrespect. Yeah, they they were shit, man. They 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 were shit. But again, I, I've seen. Um, I, I hate taking a kind of uh, a, a kind of looking as to what people think and feel via Twitter. And yeah, we um, it felt good and people were positive that we slapped Sheffield United. Uh, 4-0, but also people were then saying, yeah, it's only Sheffield United, they're bottom of the league. I don't care, man. Just embrace it and enjoy it at the moment. We'll yeah. think about the other stuff later on, but let's just fucking we drink spent... this hat-trick in yes. and, uh, and, and like love it. And like everyone else kind of like, oh, Bale's past it, but like let's just be like, ah, yes, Bale, come on, boy. Well, this um, is it. Like, Rick, this, why, this is... Why, why not fucking just go 10 toes in it, man? Like, it's we... only going to blow up on our face later on, so let's just fucking have it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to, whether you enjoyed that result or not, it may blow up in our face later on. So just enjoy the moment where it happens, surely. That's that's future Ricky's problem. That ain't my problem <laughs> now, mate. It's like at the start of a night out when you've just bought <laughs> like three wraps and you're just thinking, I'm, I'm, I probably shouldn't do all these tonight, but I am going to do them because <laughs> the issue tomorrow is is the future Flav's problem. That's his issue. <laughs> that's not what I'm feeling right now. Right now I'm feeling magic. Um, but yeah, I'm, but just, just shit yourself later. At least you had the free wraps in the first place. So never, yeah. never take that memory away. So we've just free, had free wraps, but fuck free, it, we might shit ourselves tomorrow. But free toilet paper, free toilet paper. Exactly. If anything, um, Rick, Rick uh, I just want, we want to talk more about the Sheffield United game. But you, um, you apparently, I don't know what this is about. And, and like, you know, people who have been listening to the Fighting Cop for a long time will know that occasionally some some Ricky has some stories. Um, and I don't want to build it up too much, but you wouldn't tell this on the Friday podcast because that's considered to be the kind of little brother of the Fighting Cock main podcast. The one we do on Friday is like, you know, it's it, there's no structure to it. We just have, meet up and have a chat. But you, you wanted to reserve this for the Monday podcast. So Rick- Yeah, well, I think because uh, the, the, the story from that happened, it was... I was still I was still stunned on the Friday because it happened on the Friday. So I was still a bit like, do I actually go on air and say this, or do I do I just keep it to myself and tell the lads in the WhatsApp group? Well, the floor is yours, mate. Right. So um, it, it starts off on a bit on a bit of a pisser for for myself and my family. Unfortunately, my nan passed away a couple of weeks ago. But uh, my nan, my mum's been a bit stressed and she wanted me to help out. So I was like, yeah, of course, no problem. She said that. Um, at the funeral, there is going to be um, a visual tribute where on TV screens, they're going to have like loads of photos um, of your nan. And I want you to upload these photos and sort of get all the photos from the family. So I said, yeah, no problem, mum. Went to the family WhatsApp, got all the photos, loads of my, you know, aunties and uncles had sent me photos, but they're taking screen grabs of their phone. So they had their camera roll, so I had to recrop do all that I had to re kind of um do all the yes yeah, so it's presentable the, yeah the naming convention as well so that it all runs in chronological order and there's a couple of photos that are going to be held because it's portrait and this that and the other um so it's just going about my day and like i said on friday um you um you said about the pod and stuff like that and then on that friday normally you message me and say rick the pods up gives a hand getting out on social so I saved the the image. Um, I normally save to my desktop, <laughs> and um, and I was like, "Where the fuck's that image gone? It's not on my desktop. Is it in downloads? Not in downloads." And then so I thought I'd save it again to you know to be uh, to find out where the file is. Um, so I saved it, and I looked at the address, and the folder, uh, the address was a folder called Nan 
on my desktop. So I thought, fuck, like it was, uh, wow, what a dickhead. I've been saving it to that folder. So I went into the folder and I saw the artwork along with all the other pictures of my recently deceased nan. And right. I was like, okay, fine. That was a close one. And then I was like, <laughs> we, we've done three pods this week. And I was like, you are fucking kidding. And I looked the second from bottom photo that I have uploaded for the visual tribute is a picture of Daniel Levy. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, man. So I had to go to, I had to go to this company and then I had to, <laughs> and then I had to tell them what had happened. What did, what did you, how did you, how did you explain that? Cause that, that's like you know, I, I, the concept of the podcast, the fact that you were involved, the, the fact that you, you, you now had passed this very sensitive situation. What, what, I how did, did well, that conversation go? So basically, there's a naming convention, and it, and it was my nan's first name and last name, and the very the very uh, bottom one or second from bottom um, had Levy, and so I knew I just said I just said that's the file that's got to go. Um, we didn't have a conversation about football or anything like that. I just said please delete that file. <laughs> uh, that bloke that bloke is down the pub. Going, he's never uh, going to read this. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, as well, like, I was just like... Should have left like, it. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the thing is, my whole family obviously would have known it was me who'd done this. But every single day, I keep going, I keep logging back online to this company's uh, Visu Tribute thing um, and just checking through, like, these hundreds of photos of my nan just to make sure it. I haven't uploaded other wrong ones. But <laughs> I was inches, fucking inches away, man, from fucking just dying but was it was it hot sweats hot sweats when you when you uh or cold sweats rather when yeah, you yeah yeah you know when you um that it's that realization and your heart just drops your heart drops and you feel it literally slide out your ass and i was just <laughs> like i cannot believe like it was funny that you know i recognized that the fighter had saved it to the folder called nan and then the realization of we've done two pods this week where did those other files files go to? And then I was like, I know what's happened. And then I was just like, Oh my god, I could not believe it. Do, mate. You, do you think your nan would have seen the funny side if you'd left Daniel Levy's mug on on her sort of memorial sort of video? She she wouldn't have had a clue who he was, so she I think she would have been alright. But do, do, do you know what I mean? Like that that geezer's like trying to fuck me from from supporting my football club and appearing at my nan's funeral as well. Yes, that's out of order. That's no, no order. escape from him, is it? No, no escape from Daniel Levy. Tentacles everywhere, <laughs> absolute tentacles. And, Go on, Billy. And now, yeah, it's just another reason to protest against him, really, isn't it? Well, he's we even invading him, funerals yeah. now. <laughs> he's even invading fu- good people's funerals, is what he's doing. <laughs> what's what's his motive? Why is he doing this? <laughs> what, what, what's he up to anyway um so we we did play uh ricky thank you for that by the way and re- really sorry about your, your nan passing um i felt like i had to say that because i had i've said it like in our personal whatsapp groups but people listening to this have just heard the news so they might you know actually you know what yeah what? and actually as well uh, do you know what when people are listening to this please don't feel like you have to tweet me or message me <laughs> on instagram or anything like that i feel your condolences it's bad when this stuff happens. We've all gone through it. it, it it's rank, but um, I'll, I'll just thank you in advance so you don't have to send me messages. Uh, so I, I just want to ask, um, Billy, like, do, do you want to see us playing that that front four of Deli Ali, Son, Kane and Bale for the rest of the season? Or is it just that we could slap aside Sheffield United? They, they, we wouldn't be able to offer us much of a threat going forward. That we can just play yeah, that. Or I do, think, you, do you want to see it? Yeah, I think without doubt that's a. It's, it's such a shame that we haven't seen this front four uh, more often. Um, and I think the thing is, if you if you look at the, our remaining fixtures, there's no games in there where we should not be um, on the front foot in all of them. We shouldn't be sitting back against any of the teams that we got left. Um, I think it was so good to finally see it. You know, we've been waiting for such a long time to see it in its glory, and it kind of it kind of finally happened yesterday. And, and as Ricky was saying earlier, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, it's only Sheffield United or whatever. But there's been so many games this season and this year where we've played teams like Sheffield United. It's just been so dull and so boring. And we've, you know, we've had a close victory or something like that. Um, it's, it was so good to see that front four finally come into play. You know, they were all sort of, um, I think all of them had their fair share of chances. Deli Ali, I think, was working a lot harder and sort of, um, 
he put a lot of work rate and he wasn't necessarily going for the for the goals and assists like the others were but um it's starting to show signs that he's he's going to be a, a huge player for us again um something to build on anyway at least and i think we have to see that front four in the remaining in the remaining four games um what do you, also what do you make bit of bittersweet a little bit bittersweet that we haven't seen it before because I have no doubts that if we'd have seen Gareth Bale in particular a lot more this season, we would have been right up there for top four. Uh, what do you make of Deli Alli's hair? I love it. Yeah, I think I think he just about pulls it off, to be honest. Yeah, does, I doesn't I he? I love it. It's, uh, it does. Ex- extensions in there, though. That's, it, didn't grow, it, it didn't grow it out. He grew a bit just grew it overnight. <laughs> he grew a bit out, but then then added some extensions. Do you have any issue with that? I don't have an issue with that. If, if he wants to present himself in the way he wants to present himself, he's a human being. We're living in a liberal world once again, after uh, you know Brexit, Trump, and everyone else is fucked off. Uh, we're living in a world where Deli Ali can do that without. Uh, do you know what it was? Because of uh, Sunez fucked off, that Deli Ali weren't going to be his target. So um, you know, the, I, I liked his hair. He looked like. Um, he looked like a good Pro Evo player from the early 2000s. Do you, do you remember um, Pro Evolution Soccer? No, uh, what's it? ISS. Pro yeah. Evolution Soccer. Do you remember this at all? Or am I just talking nonsense you're not going to hear? Uh, no, course, no, no, no. Classic stuff. No, mate. Classic. Well, he, yeah, having having a guy with dreads on that game was like, oh, he's the guy. So so maybe Deli Ali can take power from his hair like Samson and um, pull up some trees. We'll see. If he treats his hair with the with the tears of Graham Sunes as well, that's what I hope he puts in it to like maintain it because you can just imagine the blood pressure rising every time Deli Ali's on the ball and Sunes is watching <laughs> with that haircut. And that is that's what it's all about, really. Uh let's talk about Gareth Bell's hat trick, because it was um for me, it just every time that, that he had he had a moment outside the box and when he when he was put through, he didn't just finish with style, he finished with a level of confidence that Honestly, most players don't have. I would say he finished with a level of confidence that that even Son doesn't have. And and, and that's not to say he's a better player and, and I'd swap them out or anything like that. But it was just wonderful. To, the, first, the, the, the sort of sort of reverse chip that he did to score our first goal was, was fantastic. But the second finish where he just drilled it into the top corner, it reminded me of Teddy Sheringham against Newcastle where he went through, won the game 4-0 back in... 1993 or whatever it was and he was through on goal and Sheridan never had all the pace in the world but he just used his technique to just remove everybody from the pitch at that point and Sheridan sort of put it in the top left-hand corner with the outside of his boot and uh, Bell did the same in that second goal it was just it was just great to see him it's just great like I felt the same watching Bell as I did watching Berbatov at moments, you know, maybe that game against Reading when he scored four, I just felt, I felt like, you know, when, when, you know, when people say like you pay the money, the entrance fee to get in just to watch him play. It was like that for Bale last, last night, Billy, what do you make of it? Yeah. I think that second goal in particular, like I think a lot of players would have taken a couple more touches there, but when you think about Gareth Bale, he must just think to himself, I'm fucking Gareth Bale. I've won Champions League finals myself. I'm playing against Sheffield United. And I'm just going to take the fucking piss here. And like, he took, he t- hit it so early, but like, that was such a clean finish. Um, oh, that's wonderful. I think what it? was really good for me as well was be- there's one- a lot of the criticism aimed at Bale recently has been his pace, um, and he's not the same pacey player. But he was running through on goal so fast. Uh, he managed to keep up with Sung. So I think I think they showed it on match today. Um, the actual speed he he went from our box to their box in 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 a, in a really really quick time. So I think one of the things that's been levered of him is lost a lot of his pace. But I don't think that's necessarily true. I just don't think we've necessarily seen it as much. Um, so it's good to see that element of game as well, which we know that we all love. Yeah, well, I think I think that that his pace is still there. It's just not as consistent over ninety minutes as it was when he was twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Like that's normal. But what he's added to his game is a, a level of technique that most players will never attain. And it was that that stuff that was lovely, and just that, just to see him, I'm no, I, I, I'm not like I'm not a fool. I understand that he doesn't really care about Tottenham. He's like, I'm sure he's enjoying his football, and but I, I don't deep down think that he gives a shit about football, gives a shit about Spurs, Real Madrid, or any of them. But if we can harness that and give him the ability, and he said after the game, I just want to play. I'm happy when I'm playing. If we can just play him, then we've got someone there who's. Like, as we said, we've said this multiple times in the podcast through this year. We've got a player that 
most other clubs in the world would dream of having. So what do you think about the idea of us signing him again? Because there was that moment where we were talking about it. Then it dipped after the Arsenal game and you're thinking, nah, he's not interested. What, 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 um... It's really interesting, right? Because like, like you just mentioned the Arsenal game where um, he was anonymous for like 70 minutes, really. Um, and then there has been, there's been kind of rumours that he's fallen out with uh, Mourinho. And when he has played, you, you know, there was Sunez, I think it was, was coating him off saying he doesn't look interested, his mind's on the golf course and blah, blah, blah. And then um, he spins Brighton, Sheffield United, has some other good, really good performances and stuff. Do you think it's kind of a bit like he was being asked to do things by Mourinho that he he's not interested in doing, really? Like if he's being asked to kind of uh, come back or defend certain areas or to... I don't know, to, to, to kind of man-mark different people and cover different zones. And normally Bale's like this free roll, you fucking, you've got the skills, son, you, you go and smash them. And if you're playing, if you're, if you're told to do something that you don't really want to do, you kind of half half assed and half-heartedly go into something doing that. Like, you know, uh, work if I'm asked to do something. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but like I suppose I've got to, and all my heart ain't going into it, and I'm not really enjoying it. And I got a sense of that, from when he played under Mourinho and, and in his um, interviews after the game, there was another one as well, maybe against Southampton um, in an interview, but he was saying about starting on the front foot, pressing, you know, just attacking um, and not waiting for the other teams, that that kind of thing. And they're, they're, I could hear these like subtle digs coming in. But um, so, so I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's, it is that, you know, um, Mourinho's gone, the man ruling with an iron fist, and now, under Mason, I, I, I'm afforded a few more mistakes if I, if I have. I'm afforded that I don't have to run back at every time, and I, I can go on and be myself and play how I like to play. Well, if you, if so, you look, at, look at his game under Redknapp, uh, Redknapp just sort of said, like, he, he, what, you know, Spurs fans would be ringing out, for, like, literally... 30, like 35,000 Spurs fans in the old water lane, if you minus the away fans, were singing, Gareth Bale, he plays on the left. Like, we know a fucking thing about managing a football club <laughs> or managing a team. But he was just like, no, he's, he just let him play. And I think, like, Harry Redknapp had the wherewithal and the humility to say that Gareth Bale, I don't need to coach him. I'll just give him the, the opportunity to play, and he will. And I think Jose Mourinho probably would never have ever had that humility. And it's that lack of humility that's got him all the successes that um, that he's had for his career. But it's that also that lack of humility that didn't give him or didn't give Gareth Bale the opportunity to express himself properly. Yeah. Or 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 maybe Jose Mourinho would have played the three of them together against, you know, an already relegated team who who are clearly the worst team in the league. I don't know. Billy, what do you make of it? Yeah, I think for me, going back to your original question, I think it's an absolute no-brainer that we have him next year. Um, this is a player that we sold um, and the player that we bought to replace and we've got Bale back in between that time and Bale has already scored more goals than the, the person that we bought to replace in Lamella. He scored more goals this season than Lamella has scored in that time. I think he's already scored 10 Premier League goals. Um, I think I read we've got an option and it's something like the, the wages for another year would be something like 12 million. Um, They're 13 million this year. 13 million this year, 13 million. And you're never going to get a player as good as Gareth Bale for that kind of money, plus wages on top. It's it's an absolute no-brainer for me. I think I'd, I'd love to see him next year. I think we've got four games now. I think, I imagine he'll probably start every single one of them, probably score a few goals, keep him happy, um, sign the deal and get him here again next year. For me, it's a, it's a total no-brainer. We've got a question from Nelson Saha and uh, he says, if you could get away with stomping down and lightly grazing the side of a person's head, who would it be, Ricky? This is obviously in in uh, connection to... I can't remember who the player was. Was it Stamp? No, no it probably wasn't Fl- Stamp. Uh, Fleck, I think. Fleck. Fleck. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it, what's his first name? Who cares? John Fleck, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. John, ben John, Affleck. Don't know. Ben Affleck. Stamp down on... Um, <laughs> The Celso said, when I when I watch that, as a Spurs fan, I know we're all biased, we've got our own agendas, and we'll always when when Son flicked out at uh, McTominay's eye, I was like, 
definite foul. Sorry, the other way around. Definite foul. You know, uh, Son's been fouled there. How can he? How can he compete if he's been poked in the eye? But if it was the other way around, I would have gone. That's pathetic. He's just putting his arm around. In the same instance here, were were, were Spurs fans right to be apoplectic about the the idea that he didn't mean it when it felt like he did? It felt like he put. No one puts their foot down the way he did. He did mean it. Totally meant it. I don't care what anyone says. He, Do you know he, what I mean, Rick? He, though? He, like the way he, the... Yeah. He had a little look as well. And you know when you put, you can put your feet out and you could move, put your body in any different position and you would fall onto the player or do something different rather than put your studded boot on the side of their head. He could have done, he could have done many a that, thing. And that could have been really, really bad. That could have been really bad. Yeah. Like he could have... Like if it had come down full foot, and, and and the reason why it didn't come down the center of his head, where he could have broke his cheekbone, crushed his jaw, jaw, whatever it might have been. And I'm not being all Liverpool fan about this. Like it could have been, oh, I could have killed him. It's not that 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 kind of thing. But he 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 could have caused much more damage than he did just by not aiming the his foot in the way that he did. Um, but it, it was just uh, I don't know, man. It, it, it felt it felt like just because of the way he landed his leg and the way he, he um it, it, that isn't the way if you're running or if you're hurdling something you don't come down with full fur, full force on your leading leg it just doesn't happen I don't know but if you if you were a, if you were a um a fan of Sheffield United would you Billy would you be saying I didn't mean it if it was a Spurs if it Hoybier did that on someone would you be going nah no. it's, no, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think that one is indefensible. I think it's as clear a red as you're ever going to see, to be honest. I'm, I'm absolutely amazed that anyone could have sat and watched the replay of that on VAR and not, not given it a red card. I, um, and I know that sometimes you, you feel like biased towards your own team, but I think even objectively, that's as clear a red as you're ever going to see, to be honest. And I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get retrospective action on that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we've got a question from Craig Emanuel, and I think this sort of sums up where, the, where we are as a fan base, and we have been for decades. Uh, he says, it's blindly obvious that, we're, that, that what's going to happen. Ryan Mason will lead Spurs to six straight Premier League wins to dramatically wrestle fourth place Chelsea on the final day, only for Arsenal to win the Europa League and Chelsea to win the Champions League to deny us our place in the Champions League next year. 100% nailed on. It's going to happen. What? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't even know. Like, I, I give up trying to work out all those things of, of the eventual possibilities on how we could be robbed yet again of our place. Should we win it fair and square? <laughs> I love it. The Spurs fans are doing it though. Like, let me work <laughs> yeah. out yeah. every scenario. Be, our nickname should be Permutation FC, shouldn't it? Because we're always going to get all the fucking <laughs> permutations that are going to fuck us over. There's always going to be yeah. more. Do it. Flab, yeah. do you remember like back in the day when we were like proper pony and we'd like be messaging each other like like Flab, seven place is is that good enough for Europe? Can can we get in UEFA Cup? Like what, what what are we doing? Like mate, I remember I remember um Darren Anton scoring a equalizer against Leeds in when I was about fifteen and we're thinking <laughs> about whether or not that would be enough to get us into the fair play league. <laughs> I remember the fair play um... days, man, and and into Toto, all of that. Yeah, shit, man. Um, so yeah, if all of that happened, then uh, you just what do you do? You just carry on. We know that we felt that pain. We've had been the only club in 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 England to be um, usurped by finishing fourth in the champion uh, in Champions League places, only to be undone by Chelsea. When it happened to Everton, they they just gave another. They get they they let uh, Liverpool in. So you know, and 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 when we. You know, we've got handballs. Lucas Moura's falling handball against I think it was Sheffield United earlier in the season, or maybe it was oh, last yeah. season. Uh, Sissoko's handball and Dyer, uh, in the final one, Dyer's handball against Newcastle. All of them, all of those three instances resulted in rule changes for football in England. And all three of them happened to our football club. Do you know how much fucking football goes on outside of Tottenham in the Premier League? Fucking tons of games. There might be a thousand games a a a, a, a year in the Premier League. I don't know what the actual number is, but free handball decisions. Have when changed. you put it like that, it, yeah, it does. Um, 
This is it what... does make my stomach turn. That's yeah. yeah. And if, uh, for that to happen as well, Chelsea would have to win the Champions League. So not only would it be us losing our Champions League mm. place, but both of our main rivals win a European trophy at the same time. It's, it's exactly the kind of thing that will happen to us. So you can you can very much see it happening. To be honest. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hopefully it won't happen. But yeah. Uh, we've got another question from Colin Harvey. He says, uh, given that Aurier had a great game against Sheffield United while fasting, should the club force him to give up food forever? I think... Uh, what, like, like f- food forever? Like never eat again? <laughs> he's not allowed to eat food during daylight forever based on his employer. I, I feel that there may be some sort of human rights issues there that you know might come into play. You, I, I think Colin's asking the question, if we can starve Aurier for periods of the day, so he plays better for Tottenham, should we do it? The answer is no. Yeah. He's a human being. Let him eat, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Let him eat. He was fucking man... good yesterday, though, wasn't, wasn't he? He was fucking good yesterday. Brilliant. Brilliant. Do, he was do, brilliant yesterday. I, let me ask you a question then, Billy. Do we replace him? If we have... if We're have, we not going to have surplus money, but if, 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 we ha- if we're in a situation where we have maybe £30 million in the bank to pr- replace Aurier or spend it elsewhere in the squad, would you do that? Would you look to actively replace Oreo? Do you think that he actually can can remain a, uh, a, a starting right-back for Tottenham? Uh, I think, again, if you... I think what kind of happened yesterday with both fullbacks were in a system where they could bomb forward and uh, not worry too much about defending. I think the problem is with Oreo, if, you, if, you, if there is much defending involved, then that's where we're going to see the problems with him. But um, to go back to the question, I just don't think... Um, we're going to be in a situation where we can afford to go and buy a replacement to Aurea whilst addressing the big, um, the glaring areas in our squad as well. I think our main priority has got to be centre-backs. Um, so I think in an ideal world, it'd be fantastic to have a right-back that's better than Serge Aurea, but realistically, I don't think it's going to happen this season. Um, so I think, you know, for me, the bigger priority has got to be centre-backs at the moment. Do you, do you see a, a, a new centre-back pairing for starting next season? Again, you, you can just imagine in our current situation, are we going to be able to spend the money on two brand new centre-backs? It's unlikely. But uh, I think one of the good things that Mason has done is he's, he's again, I don't want to dwell on Mourinho too much, but not playing Toby Aldevarad was pretty baffling to me because I think on his day, he's quite away our best centre-back. Um, and we got him back in the team again. And again, we're looking more, much more solid at the back. So um, I, I don't can't see us buying two brand new centre-backs, but, you know... I do think we're definitely going to need at least one proper class centre back, and, and even with Toby Odovara being so good, he's he's getting on. He's 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 um you know he's really he's really coming towards the end of his career anyway. So definitely I, need another centre back at least. I think. I think our best back line is Aurier, Alderweire, Dyer, and Reguilon. And if you yeah, look at 100%. the last, yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you look at the what last... the thing is, what why like we know we're we're, we're... You know, three bells that are chatting about Tottenham, and that's that's all we well, would have had. Well, to, to, all right, me well, not being a bell, but no, no, you, one bell and all two right. just blokes. <laughs> just get up, just you, you crack on, go on. Right, um, I just, I, I always find it like um, baffling or frustrating, and uh, and obviously we're not managers, we're not there, we don't see what happens day in day out. Why can't they see oh, what it, we it, see, what, Ricky? Why can't they fucking see it? You would have been in the job, Mourinho. Now, if you would have kept that fucking back line that we do wanted, you, do you know why, why? was Sanchez in there? Why was fucking what's his face Tang- in there as well? Well, Tanganga is no, not Tanganga. The uh, uh, Roden, uh, Roden. But it was Sanchez and Roden, two two young, kind of the more inexperienced lads playing. Um, a lot of our games towards the end. Where was Toby? Where you was know, Ty- you no, know what that was about? The, the relationships between the players and the manager were broken down, and it was a detriment to what we were seeing as fans. And that's and that's the biggest issue. And that's the biggest issue with Jose Mourinho is that his relationships with those players. I am surmising, based from my position as the bell that Ricky claims I am, um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm surmising the fact that the fact that Tanganga was playing at right back. And there was Roden and Sanchez playing the back line against Newcastle. Was down to the fact that his relationship with the players had broke down, and that, and if that is the case, then that's that. The, as fans, we're suffering because of his ego. He's yeah, inability. that's on him, man. Is it inability? It's so so baffling in the same way that he has not played Gareth Bale for the majority of the season. Like, 
And look what happened. Bale has pretty much scored in every single Premier League game that he's played recently. I think he's, you know, most of the games that he started, he scored in. It's just, it's absolutely baffling that that ego has got in the way. Um, and it's, it's like cutting your nose off to spite your face because I'm without doubt, you know, if you look at, back at those Newcastle games at Everton game recently, Gareth Bale game, plays in those games. We probably go on to win them. It's just like, that's four points, four more points straight away. It's, it's so frustrating. So frustrating. Um, Billy, I, w- I want to get your take. And then, Ricky, if you follow Billy, um, yeah. what what happens in the next four games? What's the most you can expect out of them? We've got Leeds, we've got Villa, we've got Wolves, and then we've got Leicester away. So Leeds away, Wolves and Villa at home, and then Leicester away. What what do you expect, Billy, if you if you start with this? And then, Ricky, if you follow, what do you expect from the yeah. next four games? Listen, I think I think... The main thing that's going to happen is I think we're going to have a little bit of enjoyment, a little bit of fun back in Tottenham. I think that front four that played um, yesterday is going to play in all four of those games. Um, definitely can't write off, you know, Leeds and Leicester away are two tricky games, but we're Tottenham. We've got Gareth Bale in our team. If we're running at those teams, we're going on the front foot, we should be able to win all four of those games. Um, not to say they're easy by any means, especially, you know, Leeds and Leicester away. Um I personally don't think there's anything that Ryan Mason can do now, which is going to lead to him landing the job permanently. I think it's still way too big of a risk to give someone with literally no managerial experience. But what I think it can do is it'll give that feel-good factor back by the end of the season, uh, keep Mason around um, in in some kind of capacity in the club, and it'll just prove to everyone that our squad is capable of winning football matches and winning them with flair. Um, I think the best we can hope for in the end of the season, I think, we can pretty much forget top four personally unless you know a miracle happens. Um, but just go out and win them, show everyone that we're Tottenham, um, get those front four in, have have a bit of fun, and um, you know build a little platform for next season. I think is the best that can happen. Rick, yeah, I think out of the, um, I think we'll probably win three out of the remaining four. Um, I think we'll beat Leeds, Villa, and uh, Wolves. Uh, last game of the season, Leicester. I can just, you know, with the Tottenham hat on, and like you said earlier, with that uh, scenario of uh, Chelsea losing to City, then somehow the Gooners get a result against Chelsea, and it can be within our grasp. And if we beat Leicester away, we take top four. Let me ask you this then: If but, that was the case, if we wanted Arsenal to win that, would you? I, I, I never. I would never ever outwardly say. That that I want them to win, but if they if they did win, then you know I would punch my missus in the face through happiness. <laughs> um, it's so hard, isn't it? It's so hard because how, I'm not how... cheering them. Not cheering them. I'm not. I'm not saying. I always remember um, when the Gooners needed us to win up at Old Trafford for them to win the league, and we went one nil up. I think it's through Les Ferdinand, and it cut so it back did. to. Uh, I think it was, was it a Highbury, um, and they were celebrating, and, and they were celebrating, and they were singing "Come on, you Spurs." Oh, rat, rat, <laughs> God, that is disgusting. disgusting. Fucking disgusting, mate. Nah, right. couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Uh, I, I think, um, I think, so, so I, I feel like top four's out, of, out, out of, um, you know, it's not possible. Although we did that. You know that, that the uh, our run to the Champions League, where we were down and out in the in the group stages, and we did it. We had to go to Barcelona and get a point, and we fucking did it. And then we were out against Manchester City, and we absolutely done them. And then we were out against uh, Ajax, and we done them again, and we got through to the Champions League final. And obviously, we lost because we we're Spurs. But um, I I don't feel like it. It feels like that level of of series of results would be necessary for us to get to the top four at this stage but i just yeah. think come but yeah i mean anything can happen mate anything can happen like you just said all those uh those four games that you mentioned there uh, like anything can happen like chelsea you're in uh the semi-final of uh the champions league and just imagine that they take their foot off the pedal put all their eggs in one basket and go for that um, and you yeah, know, all, they've also got to play Man City at the weekend as well. Exactly, exactly. And you, you never know. I mean, like they could, they they could know. get a couple of draws somewhere else. You know, you I know. Just, you just don't know what what will happen. But I guarantee you, if something does happen, and we do have the opportunity 
to take the ball by its horns, the ball will put its horns in our ass. So, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, uh, uh, my, the point I wanted to make is that if we don't like, if if we get that, that would be magical. Like to to come away from this season and finish in the top four, that would be fantastic. But my given everything I've watched over the lot, I mean, I'm nearly forty years old. I've watched a lot. I don't feel like it's going to happen. Um, but if it does happen, fantastic. I didn't feel like we'd get to the Champions League final when it happened. And, you know, you know, I was, it was amazing. But I do, I have been looking at Arsenal and thinking, what are they going to do and what are we going to do? And we're in a situation now where we've got four games left. I think they've got five. And we're seven above them. So if we win two, we're, we're golden. And, and if we come out of an, a yet another season... Without winning anything, but being above them, I'd I'd be happy at this stage. Anyway, yeah. um, Billy, um, you've been tweeting a lot about this uh, Enoch out protest on May fifteenth, and um, you know I, I've been someone who's been su- supportive of Enoch, and I think to a certain degree you have back in the day. Yeah, where you thought that maybe they are our best owners, but we had the Super League is- issue, and we've had the um you know the lack of apology from our club and there is a there are there was a a growing movement of of Spurs fans out there that regardless of the super league wanted Enoch out why 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 have you become so sort of on board with this movement yeah i think i think there's two kind of distinct um two kind of distinct fields when you look at Enoch and everything they've done there's the football inside and there's the non football inside um and i think at the moment we're in a time where both of those are um are in are in a, in a real bad way. I think in the football side, you know, we were we were we've come from regular top four team and we've regressed. We've gone back a few years in the space of the last two years. Um, I think hiring Mourinho has set us back. It was in hindsight, it's easy to say now, but that was a wrong decision. It's not it's not progressed what we thought it was. You know, I think we all backed Mourinho when he first came, um, but it's a decision that has backfired. Um, so in terms of the football side, I think we're, we're you know we're going backwards and then. If you say about them, you can look at the, the off the football the off the football stuff, and you could think that we're broadly progressing. Um, we've got the new stadium and everything, but then I think the Super League thing came, and for me that was just a real kick in the teeth, and just showed how out of touch the owners are um, with the core fans of the club. Uh, and for me, there is no going back after that. Um, and then, as you mentioned, there's no apology. Um, I think most of the other chairmen of the clubs put out statements of apology. We didn't get anything. Um, it was kind of like a sort of a toxic boyfriend would send their ex-girlfriend after saying, I'm sorry you feel that way. Um, we didn't yeah, get anything. Yeah. Um, and I have, I have, I've not been one of those people that's been, you know, leaving Enoch out for a long period of time. I know there are plenty of fans that are like that. That's not been me. Um, but the last year or so, I think, I think both football inside and non-football inside are marrying together um, in, in a negative way at the moment. I, know, what, I, I think. What, what are your expectations about this? Uh, protest on the 15th because it we, we play the day after don't we yeah and, i think and, and i think and, uh, there's a couple of things that, so i was just going to say that the, the, that, the cameras are wait. not there the cameras are not there the um the staff are not there the players are not there why the 15th yeah i think there's a couple of things about that firstly i think um the fifth the, the, the game after the wolves game and the aston villa game i've from looking online it looks like there's going to be fan unrest at both of them um, I don't think this is something that's just going to go away. It's going to be one day of protest on the 15th and it's going to disappear. I think there's quite a, a rise in tension between the fans and leaving now. I don't think it's going to go away. Um, it looks like there's one plan for the Wolves game and I'm sure, I know that from looking online there's going to be one on the Aston Villa game as well whenever that is arranged. Um, I think the reason why the 15th happened in the first place was because um, if you looked at the protest that happened before the Southampton game, it was like a midweek kickoff, uh, quite late in the evening, uh, six o'clock kickoff. And it kind of it meant that, that we were always facing an uphill battle to get a lot of fans there. I think with the 15th, it's a Saturday. Um, there's a growing opinion that a lot of people can come down to that day. Um, and again, I don't want to be one of those people that forces you know, views and opinions on anyone else. But if you're one of those fans that are in, the, in that position where you're thinking, you, know, you, you want to see change from our board, you want, to see, you want to let them know that we're not happy as Spurs fans, then come down on the 15th. Um, I think it's tw- uh, you know, 12 p.m. Outside the, outside the club shop. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of us out there to voice our to voice our opinion that we're not happy. 
Yeah, man. Uh, do you know what I? I I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I, I. It's hard to be like completely open about this stuff, but I feel like the Super League stuff was unforgivable. But so was Stratford, yeah. and that, and and I, yeah. I, I got over that, right? So I feel like that a lot of this is coming from the fact that Spurs aren't doing what Liverpool have done or what Chelsea have done, and even what Arsenal have won in 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 recent years if you look at the last 10 years and the issue is that we never get over the line and I can understand the, the direct correlation between us failing on the pitch and Daniel Levy not investing in the team but I got to ask the question it it he, he made it he made it a statement as uh, you know to say that you know we've invested in the stadium we've met we invested in the uh, training ground now it's time to invest in the team and then shit happened in the world which meant that it was not possible. And I think you'll see a a, um, a famine in terms of transfer transfers of players and, and money spent across football. And it's sort of unfortunate for Enoch at this moment for them to, um, to be in a situation where we expect them to spend and us to kick on where the money isn't in the game at the moment. Is there... Are we, are we being dismissive of the fact that we have built this stadium and we have built that training facility and we have renewed contracts of our our very best players and and we've we, we've bought Ndombele and 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 Lacelso for what was it, nearly 100 million pounds are we being dismissive of this what what do we actually want Enix to do if if it isn't if they're not going to sell because they're not going to sell because they own the football club we're not we Spurs fans and 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 fans of any football club, as much as they protest, and as much as I am really kind of like I'm behind it, I really get it. I like I love fan action and I love activism and disrupting the status quo. But they're not; they own the club in in the most extreme. So what 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 what's the protest about? What what they trying to achieve here because it, if it's about removing Dan, Daniel Levy from the club I just I, just I think like um, it's not going to happen I think one of the one of the things that we could we could expect is change at the club um, change in the structure because what the structure that's going on at the moment is not working um, I think Daniel Levy is making a lot of footballing decisions that are setting us backwards I think if you look at the time since we're in the Champions League final every decision that he's made since then has been a backward step um I think at the time it's a difficult one with Mauricio Pochettino because you look at that at the time and it looked like we had to sack him. But mm. I think the real tragedy was getting to a point in the first place where we had a manager like Pochettino in that situation. I don't think the mistake was sacking him. I think allowing him to be in a situation where he had to be sacked was the mistake. Uh, hiring Mourinho has set us backwards. Sacking Mourinho, did we get it right time? It doesn't look like that way because... Again, we're going to miss out on top four. It looks like, again, our top three manager targets in the last week have all gone. Uh, Nagelsmann, uh, yeah. the Ajax manager, and Brendan Rodgers. Like, yeah. Every decision he seems to be making at the moment is backfiring. So I think, you know, you can be realistic about wanting Enoch out and Levy out, but I think we need change. I think Daniel Levy, at the very, very least, needs to step away from the football side of things. Maybe bring a director of football in, something like that, change the structure a little bit. Um, again, we've got a bloated squad of so much dead wood because he has a history of, you know, not taking offers for some of these players, and it's sort of kept him here. Our squad's gone very stale. Yeah. I would like to see Daniel Levy step away from the football side of things of this club and give it to give it to someone, give it to an expert. I uh, I I'm going to agree with Bill on that one because what um, whilst that you know I, I absolutely get everyone's frustrations with Spurs not winning a trophy in 20 years. I mean, you know, I'm. I'm a Spurs fan and I, I feel that too. But then equally, I do see the sides of the stadium, the training grounds, uh, investing in and Dumbele and the Celso and, and everything else that Flav said. But um, there have been times where, I mean, I can only go by what papers and rumours and all that are saying, but haggling over a few mil for Grealish and then we miss him and now look. We haggle over a few mil for Bruno Fernandes, and now look, like if you if Levy is there and he is trying to get the best deal for the best price, it's not always going to happen. Sometimes, man, you've just got to you you've just got to go with it, and you've just got to be like, 
right, I'll pay over the over the odds and I'll pay that extra five mil. And even though I'm having my pants pulled down, I know I'm getting that player. And that player, that director of football who's saying to Levy, this is who you need to buy. This is the fucking guy. Um, like, don't, you don't need to be um, combing through every single bit to get the best price. Just put, put the outlay there. Just put the money down, man, because you, you're going to get everything back that it's worth yeah indeed but if you I, if, if I, you'd have paid paid 20 25 million or even 30 even 35 million for Grealish um if he had played and I'm sure he would have re- replicated if not done more for Tottenham than he than he has done for for Villa uh for, for Aston Villa sorry then um you know he would have doubled his money Exactly, and it works the same in in, uh, in selling players as well. We have to take. We're not going to get transfer market value from players that have been set on the bench for the last three or four years. We have to take the hit at some point. Um, I know uh, it was a uh, on a so it was during the rounds on Twitter. I'm talking about Arsenal in January did the same. They got rid of three players that were on huge wages. They just took the hit, got rid of them all. Um, we've had to do that for the last couple of years, but we need to get someone in that's prepared to do that and maybe have a director of football that says, "Look, this is the budget. You can. I'm not." as Daniel Levy I'm going to stay totally out of it it's, it's totally up to you what happens with that budget um, and I think he needs to take to take a step back I think as I think I mentioned on the last time I was on here at the moment at Tottenham we've got we've got a manager we've got Daniel Levy and we've got Hitchin who are all sort of choosing different players and buying players and selling players and as a result the manager's not picking players that have been picked by Hitchin and Levy and we're in this sort of situation um, where we've got Deadwood sitting on the bench for ages um, I think we need a total reshaping structure at the moment because we are quite quickly going backwards as a football club at the moment. <laughs> but the, uh, I mean, uh, from, from Daniel Levy's perspective, you could you could argue that the last time he had a director of football under Baldini, that he made seven transfers and one worked out, and maybe Lamella worked out. Uh, we sold Gareth Bell. So I'm not, I, I completely agree with you. I feel that there does need to be some sort of seismic shift in the structure of our football club. It's just that as, from Daniel Levy's perspective, he's like, yeah, I did that. I, what you're calling for now, I did back then and it didn't work out. So I need to be really careful here. And also Daniel Levy has got his success by behaving in the exact way that he's behaving right now. And that is to his detriment and to our, to, 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 to as, as fans of this club, our detriment as well. And and that's probably why maybe, as you say, Billy, he, need, he needs to step aside because He's he's basing based on what we can see, and and that is a microcosm of his actual job. But based on what we see currently, it's it is maybe he, this, what got him here isn't going to get Tottenham to the next place. I just don't know what the next bit is, and that's why I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit worried. I, I do feel like, and 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 I'm. You know, I'm all for fans protesting, and 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 if they're really unhappy, and 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 they have the right to be, they have the right to protest on the fifteenth. If you're if you're in any way frustrated about the football club, then go down to the protests on the fifteenth, hundred percent. I just feel like there may be a window of opportunity for for Levy and Enoch to deliver on everything that they said they've been delivering. If the world of football is normal. But I might be being naive, and I'm happy to 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 be naive, and I don't I don't want to be the the dickhead who's sort of saying, you know, don't protest. I'm not being that. You go go on, crack on, do everything you got to do to to make Tottenham the, the the football club that you want to follow. I just feel like there may be an opportunity for for them to to fix this. Situation. And I, you know, I, a lot of people do say that in in um, regards to Daniel Levy, you know, who would you want instead or what happens if they do sell with the new owners? But at some point, it comes to a point where they've taken us as far as they can and we have to have change. We have to take the next step because um, it looks like they've reached the ceiling with us. Um, and again, we've, we've, we haven't had any trophies to look back on with them um, Indeed, since, yeah. that, since that one league cup there comes a point where it's going to have to be the next step we're going to have to take it with someone else um, and even from their point of view if they want to sell the football club within the next five ten years whatever the big picture is if we're not in the Champions League regularly if we're not regularly you know where we were a few years ago they're not going to be able to sell us they're not going to be able to get that you know the reported well, two billion that they want for us well, um, and at the moment You've seen what happened to Schalke. They've they've been relegated. Schalke are a huge, huge exactly. club in Germany. It can happen to anybody. And, and, and I'm leave not it. saying we're ever going to go backwards that far and be relegated, but, but we are. This have been two seasons out of the Champions League now. We're going to be, you know, the teams around us are all 
growing fast. Chelsea, Man City, Man United, Liverpool. Um, we have to do. We have to do something, otherwise we're going to be left behind for good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I get it. They're, they're, if you look at what Liverpool have done with limited resources, you know, you, there isn't a huge amount of difference in terms of the size of the football club domestically between Tottenham and Liverpool. I know that globally they have huge amounts of fans and, and, and there's a lot of revenue coming in. And part of the reason why F- FSG signed the deal to take over that football club was because of the global influence that Liverpool have. But Spurs and Liverpool aren't incomparable. We are. So li- they've managed to do it. They've managed to deliver to Liverpool's fans a league trophy and a Champions League trophy. Stuff that we could only dream of because we can't even win a league cup. So somewhere between the positions is the truth. And what I really like about the idea of protesting is that you force the idea, you force the owners of the football club to act and, and, and they need to be accountable. If you don't act, if we're unhappy with the way you've been running our football club, then we're going to do something about it and we're going to embarrass you through the media because look at the amount of fans that have turned up on the 15th to protest of how you've been running the football club because there are other football clubs out there who have a similar model to ours who have had success and we've had none. And and I, I would I would hate to ever credit Arsenal for anything, but if you... Um, if you people will say, you know, what's the point of protesting? But if you look at the protests they had, where they had serious numbers turn up within days, there's a, a new own, uh, a new ownership bid that's sort of come into the media, um, not necessarily because of that protest, but it certainly must have helped, you know, make the decision easier um, and certainly must have questioned the mind of the current owners. You know, there's visible fan dismay. Um, it's at least going to pose questions to the owners and that's, that's the very minimum that we want, I think. Indeed, yes. You're not, you're not going to you're not going to force out billionaire owners out of an asset that they own. Not. You're not going to be able to do that. They don't care about our individually our opinions about what should what the team that should be played or the manager that should be running the football club or how much money you should spend on transfers. They don't care. They don't have to care because fundamentally they can shut us off. They can shut us off. But if by mass protest you can get them to just switch their ideas a little bit, then maybe the the future would be a little bit more brighter than. Than um, than it is currently, and what, and... You, what I was going to say, what, what would you do if you wake up on the sixteenth of May, and uh, Enix said, "Yeah, no, we are going to sell. We didn't, we didn't like the protest. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, one day, one day of anger, and that's all it took. Fucking hell. As an FC, come and buy us. Come on, come on, Jeff Bezos, come and buy us, please." <laughs> Yeah, but imagine oh, imagine mate. if just said, you know what? We'll cut our losses. We'll take our our uh, initial fifty million. We'll walk away. We'll put Tottenham up for auction, and then there's like Barry Fry comes in, and goes, "All right, lads." Then we get, <laughs> and then we get relegated a year later for new is owners. This, <laughs> is this what you wanted? No, I mean it's uh, yeah, it's it, we're in a difficult situation, and 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 the glorious thing about this is is it's these protests, and and as I say, on the fifteenth of of January, this is this is going to happen. And if you feel any way about the way our football clubs run, then you can't do anything better than turn up to a process and and, and have your voice heard. Um, and I think at the end of the day, even you know, regardless of what happens next, I I think there's a lot of people that feel like we don't want to sit there and allow the owners with to 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 put forward things like the Super League and just sit there and take it. Yeah. Um, we need to show that that's not what Tottenham are about. Tottenham are not a club that will that want to be in the Super League. We're not the fans that want to be involved in the Super League. So I think at the very least, we need to show that, you know, we're not just going to sit there and allow them to do things like that to us. Yeah, we've been embarrassed. We've been embarrassed. It's been embarrassing to be a part of the conversation. And as fans of our football club, we're embarrassed by our inclusion. And that was nothing to do with us. We ne- we, if, you'd have put, if you'd have talked to the, the trust, if you'd have talked to us, we would have said no. This is a bad idea. As would the club, the fans of all the other clubs involved. Uh, you know, in, in England certainly, as you saw that from the protests, we would have said no. Don't do this, and you did it anyway because you just thought, yeah, this would be great, three hundred million pound, or maybe you thought, you know, Arsenal are in it, Chelsea are in it, whatever. We need to be in it to 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 to, to keep up with them. But none of these clubs spoke to the fans. None of them realised the fact that we want competition. We want an, an opportunity to. To, to beat Arsenal, as we have done just this season, we beat them at, at White Lane. We want to do that on, on a fair ground because it means so much more to them. We'd never want them to be able to say to us, yeah, you did it because of this. 
Anyway, and I think uh, you have to. I think you have to be sort of naive as a as a fan to think that the owners care about what we think because it's very very evident that they don't. But at the not, very yeah. least, you can either sit there and take it, or you can at least show disapproval about it, and that's what we're going to try and do. There you have it. Uh, so protests on the fifteenth of uh, of um, where are we? May. May. <laughs> yeah, fifteenth of May. So yeah, twelve o'clock. Uh, you just go down there if you feel in in any way, and. Um, you know, it, does, it doesn't have to be necessarily. There, there doesn't need to be specifics about why you're there. Just be there if you if you feel that strongly about it. Because that, that one of the greatest things about being a part of democracy, and I know it's football's trivial in terms of wider politics, but if you if you feel like there's a a democracy in our in our society, then then go down to Tottenham and protest if you feel like you need to. I, I feel like I'm going to be there. I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing. But I feel like uh, I need to be there and, and witness this because, um, it, it, you know, it would be a... And at the end of the day, it's just another day out in Tottenham, isn't it, really? On, you know, what, what's better than that at the end I've, of the day? I've missed it. I've missed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Billy, I'll see you down there. Uh, Rick, thank you so much, mate. You, mate. No worries, mate. No worries. And uh, up the Spurs. Up the Spurs. Up the Spurs. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.